Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I spent most of my 2020 indoors. Actually, now that I'm saying that, maybe I spend most of every year indoors. I guess that would make sense. Huh. <laughs> Who are you, friend? I'm Bex, a sex educator and blogger, and I spent most of my 2020 indoors alone. That mm-hmm. bit was new. Yeah. That is that is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think so. it's been a strange year. What what was your holidays like? Did you were you alone for that also? No, I did. So both of my parents have had it and I haven't seen anyone except my partner for quite a minute. Mm-hmm. Um so they drove down to pick me up, and I was able to see um, my dad for Christmas, which was nice but exhausting. Um, <laughs> every time I visit them, I'm I'm left wondering how I lived there for so many years because there are just so many people, and I'm the quiet one. <laughs> yeah, if you're the quiet one, I mean, I yeah. don't think I could be there for five or more minutes. That sounds like too much yeah it's just in that house either you're talking probably far too much or listening to someone else do it because we're all just like this (laughs) um (laughs) which you know explains a lot about my life but it's exhausting (laughs) yeah i usually every year on christmas have to like sneak away to my bedroom in my parents' house to just, like, take an hour to either nap or just, like, have an introvert break. Mm -hmm. And this year, I weirdly had to do that even though I physically was not there because we had Mm -hmm. a Zoom call with Matt's family in the morning and then, like, a two- to three-hour Zoom call with my family in the afternoon. And Zoom calls are, like, uniquely exhausting. Um, So I had to sneak away and, like, put headphones on and play a Pokemon game for, like, an hour just to, like, unwind. (laughs) Oh, totally. I couldn't fathom being on a call for that long with yeah most people, but certainly not my family. Yeah, we didn't know how to do a, a Zoom lot. call. We tried, and then we all only talked to the people in our house while on a Zoom call with other houses. <laughs> <laughs> Refusing to mingle, even on Zoom. Yeah. I love the commitment to the cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> So we've reached our traditional year-end special. This is one of the few traditions we have set and then stuck to throughout Mm -hmm. the years. Um, And usually we just kind of like talk through what our sex and kink lives were like in the preceding year and uh, a little bit about like, yeah, sparse. (laughs) Good word. Very good word. Yeah, but it's going to be a really weird year. Like, I went back today and listened to um, last year's year-end episode and was very struck by how much we just did not know what was coming. (laughs) And I know that there's no way that we really could have, but this is going to be a bit of a different one, folks. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely had that feeling while listening to other media that was made uh, right before now or in the beginning of now, especially because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those shows have like, you know, five, ten minutes of just 
chit-chat about current events, as we're doing right now in the beginning of their episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime I'm, like, going back in time and listening to s- things from either, like, January of this year or, like, March, April of this year, it is a trip. Like, there's a moment where this was still funny and novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember weird. talking to people being like, have y'all heard about this, like, coronavirus thing? Mm-hmm. Should I be worried? Like... <laughs> There was, I was listening to episodes recently where there were just, like, lots of wash-your-hands jokes, and I was, you know, listening to a million in a row marathoning them, so it mm-hmm. went very quickly from, lol, we're stuck at home, it's our week vacation, so we're on week six <laughs> of quarantine, <laughs> things are getting a little weird, y'all. Yeah, and then, then we're on month six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 2020 was special. Uh, and, and that was like one of the big questions that listeners had for us when I asked folks like what we should talk about for the year end special mm-hmm. um, was like about how did the pandemic as well as like all the wild political news affect, you know, your relationship to your sexuality and people are particularly interested in like, did you learn any new coping mechanisms or strategies for navigating sexuality when, when times are really stressful? And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how you felt about all of that. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, obviously the pandemic and the chaos of 2020 impacted my sex life, of course. (laughs) Um, I think, I mean, obviously the practicality, I was seeing my partner a lot less frequently because we were not all that long distance, but across state lines um, and required a decent bit of public transit to see each other. Um, So that was limited for a little while, and then I moved to live closer to them, among other reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. And now, obviously, that has also changed my sex life. So that was a little bit of a roller coaster, but I think that was more about practicality and less about emotional response to the circumstances. Um, Mm -hmm. Where I think just dealing with everything that was going on had the largest impact on me and my sex life was I noticed that it dropped off and I think that could be attributed to stress certainly because I'm not I don't tend to be the kind of person who gets horny when they're stressed but for me I think the thing I found most interesting was that I was noticing when I had a lack of things to be curious about, Mm. my sex drive waned. Um, Because if I am curious about the world around me or thinking creatively about, I don't know, my experiences, that person I hung out with recently, um, that place I just went to for the first time, all of these little things that I'm not doing anymore, um, Mm -hmm. My brain continues thinking creatively about other things, for example, my sex life and coming up with weird, pervy, horny things that suddenly now I want to do because I have thought of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was stuck at home all the time, I found I had to consciously foster that creativity and curiosity and kind of stimulate that part of my brain and prime the pump, if you will, and kind of get myself thinking about those things. And when I was able to do that, whenever I had something new I was curious about or excited about or a new hyper-focus or whatever, that would... I would find my sex drive start to come back because it did vanish quite a few times over this year. 
That's really interesting. And it kind of makes me think about like, it sounds like you're describing your relationship to your own sexuality, the way people sometimes talk about how in relationships with other people, you have to kind of work hard to maintain a level of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a lot of people, you know, go through the NRE period at the beginning of a relationship and get discouraged when that kind of goes away and they no longer feel all this like inherent spontaneous desire whether sexually or romantically for their partner and then they have to like work at it um you know to kind of rekindle that and uh I have always found those concepts like kind of like you were describing like equally applicable to like my own you know mental health and mental Mm -hmm. and emotional well-being because yeah like a lot of people think if if you're gonna be a happy person you have to kind of automatically be a happy person it's either something you have or you don't um And same with being a horny person. (laughs) And that's not always the case. Like sometimes you have to, you know, put some more work into it. And yeah, I really identify with a lot of that. This year I had a lot of like lowered libido, energy, mood, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think probably the number of times I masturbated solo as in not during phone sex, I could count on my two hands, maybe Mm -hmm. even one hand, like all year for real. (laughs) Um, And uh, a couple things that helped me. Uh, well, first of all, weed. We've talked often yeah. about how marijuana is like, uh, for me at least, it tends to make me pretty automatically turned on to where like I don't have to put in a ton of effort to get turned on, which is really nice when I just don't have the extra energy. Um, mm-hmm. And also it, you know, alleviates a lot of anxiety and chronic pain for me, which helps. Um, and along those lines, another thing that really helped me was I uninstalled the Twitter app really early in this year. Mm-hmm. Uh And that was one of those things that, like, I did it for mental health reasons, but I didn't really think about how much it would impact my sexuality because, like, you know, when when the app is on your phone, like, for me, my phone is mostly the device I use, like, throughout the day, but also, like, mostly at night when I'm no longer on my computer. Mm -hmm. So having Twitter access on my phone where I would be using it at night, including like sometimes right as I was about to hop into bed, like definitely drained a lot of my sex drive. It would be like, okay, what's the latest horrible news story? What's the latest like shitty thing Trump did? What's the latest like friend of mine who's been canceled over some like minor infraction? And then you just get flooded with these, you know, stress hormones. And I've learned from Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, which everyone should read, that Mm -hmm. stress hormones really impact your physical ability to get turned on. So that was huge. And then another thing, maybe this will be helpful to folks, is watching porn with a partner before sex. I feel like this Mm -hmm. is like a really kind of easy, low effort way to get turned on together. Um, And like I know that for me as like a person with a lot of responsive desire, like sometimes I tend to over rely on partners to like get me turned on Mm -hmm. Um, because like when you're not turned on and you're worn out, it just can seem like a lot of effort to like get yourself there. Um, So watching porn is like a really easy way for like when we're both kind of drained of energy and we just want to get turned on with like not expending a ton of effort. And I think that uh, it was a great year for that, especially with sex workers, like losing so much income due to the shitty Mm -hmm. laws in the world. Well, one thing that was actually making me think about, and at first I was like, oh, this is like a weirdly specific thing. But honestly, there are probably a lot of sex workers in our audience that this applies to as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I obviously, I do sex work under Billy Lore, and I also, my day job is on the admin side of an adult site where I am a content curator. So I either am watching people fuck for my day job or on Twitter looking at porn for 
networking reasons and, you know, market research and that sort of thing for one of my many hobbies slash side hustles. Um, working on divorcing those two, that's a goal for 2021. <laughs> I need things that are not linked to capitalism, but that's a whole other thing. You said that <laughs> last year too, babe. I'm sorry to tell you that. You I know, did. and I'm getting better at it. It is a thing I'm working on. I'm not done. It was a two-year project. Here we yeah, are. Yeah, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I noticed is that Simply looking at sexy content was not enough to get me curious about sexuality because it also got me thinking about work or got me thinking about other porn things or that sort of thing. Um, or I guess work porn things. Um, mm -hmm. So linked, and again, this could be about how my brain works, but in that same vein of curiosity, I would find I could be watching just smut all day or just scrolling Twitter all day, and then that night I could browse the work of a sex worker who really inspires me, or someone mm -hmm. who does like really high concept creative storytelling type stuff that is like the kind of shit I'm really into, um, and I find really like creatively interesting, mm -hmm. and like... 15 minutes into that, I'll be like, oh, suddenly I want to make art and also fuck. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think, again, it is about, like, finding that little bit of media that if you are a person who works in sexuality, seeking out the occasional sexy media that you can just enjoy for the sake of enjoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that sometimes I put a lot of pressure on myself when I'm watching porn to be like, this is what I'm doing to get myself turned on. So like, if I don't get turned on from it, I start getting really self-critical, mm -hmm. especially if it's porn of a genre that generally does turn me on. But the thing is like, especially in super stressful times, but also just in general, like our bodies and minds change from day to day. You, like, you know, nothing is really that reliable in this realm necessarily. And I don't think that we need to like, you know, freak out that we've lost our entire sexuality because something that usually works isn't working. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the new things that we tried this year, because I know that, like, despite the circumstances, we did manage to try some new things. So, like, sex kink-wise, what are some things you tried this year that you either hadn't tried at all or hadn't really gotten into that much before this year? So this year, I definitely started switching more with Ash. Um, mm -hmm. And because I have... And honestly, I think we've done more practical kink things together this year than we had last year because we were only together for the latter part of last year so we had, had done some role plays but i think i topped them in spanking probably for the first time this year or towards the tail end of last year uh and they've been tying me a lot more um so bottoming to rope with them is new but rope in general is still fairly new to me and has been something I think I probably mentioned last year wanting to explore. I don't know. It's a mystery to me. Um, <laughs> but I've definitely been doing more of that. Uh, I bottomed for, I was tied up and tickled recently, which is not Ooh. the first time I've been tickled, but is not a thing I've done often. Um, and Is Ash a good tickling top? Do you mind me asking that? I, I feel like they would be. I just have a sense, like, they're just such a 
joyful, like full of laughter type of person. I just have a sense that they would be. Okay, so like this is what I said. And they were like, nah, I'm not a tickling top. And then they tied me up and then they were tickling me. And I was like, I guess we are, though, is the thing. (laughs) Because it's happening in practice. Um, And it was it was quite fun. Apparently, I make. So I was. So I've talked about before how one of the things I enjoy about tickling and that gets to me, A, of course, it, like, plays into all of the, like, uh, innocent, playful, juvenile roleplay type stuff that I do, the age play type stuff that I do, all mm-hmm. of that. I like grappling and wrestling and really, like, tactile, physical things, so obviously that's adjacent to all of that. Um, right. But, like, the niche interesting thing about tickling for me, uh, I've mentioned in the past, is that it doesn't seem like it should hurt, um, but after a while, your muscles do start to tense up and your body starts to ache and it feels like your body is betraying you and your muscles are almost hurting yourself because if you yeah. could just stop laughing. Or if you could just even relax your muscles. Yeah, I, yeah. I get kind of too in my head about that during tickling and the pain is almost like too much for me. Um, which is why it's kind of one of my soft limits, but I know that that's kind of one of the things that you sort of conflictedly like about it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of those things that I hate it, but like, you know, in the right way. Um, (laughs) and it's just like that little degree of self of like loss of self-control. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you're tied up and can't get away that it's that, but like more though. (laughs) which should have made sense but did not um and i was bound literally just like long and stretched out so all of my sides were exposed and there was just Mm. no like curling in or anything (laughs) and it was great but so upsetting like so (laughs) distressing (laughs) because there was just nothing i could do yeah. And I like yeah, it was and it was interesting cuz usually for me like pain things are about endurance or whatever, but this was just genuinely upsetting except <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like bondage is one of those kinks that goes really well with a lot of different things and like mm-hmm. I always kind of forget that bondage is a kink of mine because I so often think of it as an accessory to other things cuz like Mm-hmm. On a purely practicality based level, it makes sense to tie someone down for things like um, tickling or like even more, you know, risky things like wax play or e-stim because if they're moving around too much, like it could cause an issue, a potentially mm-hmm. even a safety issue. Um, but definitely the bondage is a huge aspect of the turn on for me because, yeah, the, the helplessness is, you know, a key word when it comes <laughs> to submission. So. Yeah. yeah, I've also really come to enjoy, I think you talked about this uh, when you were doing a lot of rope bottoming, but the specific kind of subspace that comes with rope. Mm, it's very, like, meditative. That's always the word I think of. Yeah, and it's like, I describe all subspaces floaty, as floaty, but it's like a specific kind of floaty. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can go away for a minute, but in a safe way. Um, mm-hmm. because like it, it can sound in, in descri- in describing it and almost feel like disassociation adjacent, mm-hmm. but 
in a very safe, very comfortable way. So I think meditative also resonates a lot with me because I can just fully relax everything into the ropes and they're still just going to hold me where I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me it has a lot to do with the fact that when someone is tying me up, they're focusing mostly on the rope and what they're doing as opposed to on me. And so as a person Mm -hmm. with like a lot of social anxiety and anxiety in general, like a lot of times tops focusing on me is the source of some discomfort, which like might be like sexy discomfort, but sometimes it's not. And so there's something about rope where it's like what they're really doing is they're focusing on the rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, depending on the top and what they're doing, obviously. But so I feel like I can, you know, kind of zone out and not be so focused on like, what is my face doing? And like, do I look pretty? And, you know, am I an engaging conversationalist? Like all those concerns kind of evaporate while they're focusing really hard on the rope. Like, especially if we have good music on, which is very helpful for me in that type of activity. Yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what did I do? Um, I think the main thing yeah. that I started doing was chastity stuff because Matt just like, I mean, it was kind of random, but it also was kind of not. Like we had kind of been like talking about it on occasion but Mm -hmm. um they just got like very very into it pretty suddenly um and like bought a bunch of cages and like we just (laughs) we just started doing like a lot of it and it's really fun um it's it's a very interesting thing because i'm a person who often feels guilty about receiving pleasure especially for long periods of time Mm -hmm. and so it makes it into a situation where like well, I mean, they can't have anything done to their dick. I mean, there there are a few things you can do to a dick in a chastity cage, but like, you know, it's not quite the same. Even and fewer so- nice ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I spent a lot of time slapping a chastity cage this year. Uh, or like, you know, buzzing the fuck out of it with a Hitachi. Um, mm-hmm. But so for someone like me to have kind of uh, the script flipped so that, well, no, I mean, this is basically the usual tenor in our relationship is like a lot of focus on me bottoming, but it's just really amped it up to a a greater level of like, we could have entire sex sessions that were basically just focused on my pleasure, which feels very healing. Mm. Um, And then also like combining the chastity stuff with some other kinks, like we did more financial domination stuff which I really enjoy because Matt really likes spending money on me I recently Mm -hmm. had them buy me this like very beautiful pair of shiny metallic bright pink cowboy boots and they are like the most beautiful thing in the world and then like we did a uh slight like I I guess trampling would be the wrong word because like they were on hands and knees but I was just Mm -hmm. kind of like rubbing my boots around their back and like scratching them with the heels and stuff for a while which was very fun And, uh, yeah, there's just, there's something for me that's like not necessarily sexual, but definitely some sort of like sensual or emotionally based pleasure in like being bought things. And then like the the other day I wore an outfit out where I was wearing, uh, except for my underwear, every single thing I was wearing was something that had been bought for me by Matt. And I was like, wow, like there's something simultaneously dominant and submissive to me about that. Like, Mm -hmm you are responsible for and also own all the items I'm wearing. Um, yeah, I haven't really like quite gotten to a point of being very articulate about why I'm into Findom, but it's it's very intriguing. And then also like we did some 
light cuckolding stuff with the chastity because the, mm. the only person I had any sexual interactions with other than Matt this year was our mutual friend uh, who is a pornographer who invited me to come do blowjob porn with him. And uh, as part of like, because Matt was in chastity at the time. So I was like, do you want to do like a little bit of like a, a light cuckolding thing with this so like they paid for my uber to and from the shoot and they paid for my dinner that night after i got home from the shoot and then i told them all about the whole shoot on the phone and they had been having some light cuckolding feelings about just like the idea of me doing stuff with other people so that was really fun i would definitely be intrigued to do more of that in 2021 when perhaps something like cuckolding is like (laughs) more feasible in person Mm -hmm. you You touched on this a little bit, but I'm curious, like, everything you're listing is fairly dommy. Are you always on the, like, D side of the slash when you're doing these things? Or are you ever, like, Veruca Salt fin domming? Or, like, (laughs) playing with it, you know, uh, bratty cuckolding or that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I I feel like I had a much more black and white view of it before we got into it. And that was part of my concern was like, I'm not a naturally dominant person. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'll be able to like, you know, do that, especially since some of these chastity stints are like one or two or more weeks long. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what we arrived at is like, there are definitely times when the DS is not strictly clear and I am kind of that Veruca Salt, like little girl dommy, but like also subby and also kind of little and mm-hmm. they're still kind of like my responsible daddy, but like also doing what I tell them to do and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of more of like an ebb and flow type thing, which I used to hear my like switchy friends describe to me and I was always kind of like, I don't think I could do that. I think I would find that really difficult, but it's like, I don't know. sometimes it works and like I've definitely had relationships in the past where I tried to do that and it just didn't very it didn't work out very well um because I found it hard to switch headspaces I really do think that the bratty veruca salt thing has been very helpful for me in developing dominance because Mm -hmm. I I never really wanted to be like a powerful sleek elegant adult lady dom like that's just not really my vibe. I just don't have that type of confidence. I'm incapable of not giggling for the length of time <laughs> that that would require. So like mm-hmm. being a little girl dom is much more accessible for me. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of the dynamic Ash and I have kind of established this year too, mm-hmm. in that um, they will either be bratty or like full on dominant and, you know, a little mean. Um, but like, toppy and dominant out of service to me because that is what I want and I'm still the daddy. Um, Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of like a scene we had recently where they were tying me and I had my hands bound, like my wrists at my chest in front of me. Um, And like they were teasing me and saying something, but their face was close enough that even though my wrists were bound, I was able to grab their throat and pull them in and was like, oh, hey, but I'm still the boss, though, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which like was really hot. But here's the thing. My hands were very bound. They with very little pressure, they could have just sat back and be like, no, bitch, the fuck you think? No. (laughs) But um, they didn't do that because they also enjoy this game and they let it be very hot. Um, and, like, I, like, had my hands there and choked them for, like, 
a second and not even really most of what we do is like I could be choking you if I wanted to (laughs) couldn't I wouldn't that be neat I'm just gonna hold him here um but we did that for like 30 seconds and then I was like yeah okay but I'm in subspace I'm going back down now goodbye (laughs) and let them take over again and that kind of ebb and flow is definitely not something I would have necessarily imagined and i think like you were talking about i think if if you had asked me last year i'd have been like oh that sounds really disorienting mm-hmm. but now nah, i just like put subspace down for a second because <laughs> i thought it would be neat to do that and then i brought it back <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting about subspace because i feel like for me what often happens is like i'm still in that space but you know how subspace can sometimes have a lot of overlap with like whether it be just general sort of spaciness or like a flow state or floatiness Mm -hmm. or dissociative type of thing. And I feel like uh, in certain situations, I can sort of climb up from subspace and get into a similarly floaty and dissociate-y, slightly more dominant space Mm -hmm. because I feel like the spaciness uh, gives me more freedom to just kind of pursue organically what I'm desiring in any given moment in a way that like, regular life me would be much more self-conscious about mm-hmm. um so if I feel like slapping my partner's cock like I will do that and that's like been an interesting thing for me to discover is like when I'm in a sexy mood how often I do actually want to just like <laughs> beat up their dick because like <laughs> CB it's, it's so weird how like Sometimes you can, if you read a list of kinks or whatever, you could know right away upon reading about something that you're into it. And other times you could like blow right past it and be like, ah, not really my thing. But then it just, you know, when you actually do it, it feels different. And I do really like inflicting pain on dicks. And this is something I've learned in the past year or two is it's just a fun thing. I could see (laughs) that because it's not a thing that like sounds like it would appeal to me, but I feel like doing it a couple times and realizing, because I I get the impression I could do a lot more to dicks than I think I could do. Mm -hmm. Like, I assume I would go into it treating them more fragile than I need to, especially given some of the CBT bottoms I have met. Um, (laughs) So I could definitely see getting into that, like, very giddy, joyful place when I realize I could, like, wail on it. And it's just fine. It's just bouncing around there. It's just like that. I could see that being fun. (laughs) Yeah, and that's one of the new things I managed to do this year, actually, was get Matt off just by slapping their dick. Ah, so great. Which was very cool. Yeah, as we're talking about this, I'm wondering if, like, part of my interest in CBT comes from the kind of psychosexual fact that, like, uh, as, as someone who is raised as a woman and is a cis woman, like, I've been taught my whole life through cosmopolitan and sex advice and all sorts of things that... I basically should be referential to dicks. Like, dicks are important. Satisfying Mm -hmm. the dick is a crucial component of what I'm supposed to do sexually. (laughs) Um, And there is something very powerful about kind of flipping that around and being like, nope, but I'm going to punch and slap it, though. (laughs) (laughs) I totally understand that. (laughs) And for me, it's fully rooted in, like, this alongside so many other kinks are fully fully rooted in, ha, I get to touch the dick! (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Which more, is more like ways to touch a dick. So much less. I don't know. Yours was so well thought out and rooted <laughs> in like I don't know, important social justicey things. And I'm like, I'm gonna touch the dick. <laughs> Here we are. I mean that's that's always been an, a theme of our show from the very beginning. It's weird. We're just fans of dicks. <laughs> it's true. 
It's true. So speaking of that, one of the questions I had for you is like, what's something you used to do or used to like, but didn't do much or didn't do at all this year? And one of my answers is BJ's. Um, I still like BJ's a lot in theory. I just, I think I mostly haven't been doing them because of pain, like, because physically giving a BJ, like, I'm usually on my knees. If I'm on a bed, then I also have to kind of lean on one wrist. And my joints have been so painful this year um, that it's just been really difficult. And fortunately, my partner uh, really likes hand jobs, which I also really like. Um, and like emotionally, mentally, I get similar, you know, benefits out of hand jobs as I do from blow jobs. So it hasn't been as much of an issue. Um, I would like to give more BJs. I just think I need to, you know, look more into ergonomic positions for doing that. That will work with my pain condition. Um, Mm. but yeah, that was kind of an odd anomaly this year. What about you? Was there anything that you sort of traditionally liked that you didn't really do this year? I mean, fucking at parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> general sluttery um yeah. i had i did a lot less fucking in public or being at scenes or uh conferences and events and that sort of thing um mm-hmm. and which is a bummer because i used to do it a decent amount of it not a ton but if you if any of y'all listened to last year's one of the things i know i said i was excited about was ramping up to do more of that Mm -hmm. especially right after top surgery um because i was healing like early part of this year and i was like good to go right around february march ish (laughs) and then as as Uh. you do (laughs) um so that's something i definitely missed this year and am looking forward to more of next year i'm also really excited that my new place has enough space that i'm going to be able to start hosting parties once Mm. that is something that is reasonable and feasible and i think i'm going to be uh trying to get starting with a spanking bench but there will definitely be assorted pieces of furniture here i already have my (laughs) modified bed with hard points Ooh, that's yes. very exciting. Yes. <laughs> Invite me to I mean, parties. Sometimes. Living room couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's talk about toys or products in general. Mm-hmm. Um I've I've been staying with Matt here in New York for a couple months now, and I've received a ridiculous number of shipments while I was here because like uh, just for some reason, a particularly huge number of sex toy companies reached out to me while I've been here, I guess, cause it was, you know, gearing up for holiday time, mm-hmm. uh, to do reviews. And so I actually have so many sex toys. I don't think I'm going to be able to bring them all back. Cause I brought two suitcases <laughs> with me, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, so I weirdly tried so many new sex toys this year. Um, I think only two really stood out to me as like, amazing amazing uh and by that i mean stood out to me enough that i wrote them down when i was haphazardly making notes for this episode (laughs) um one of them is the laid d2 which is a super smooth heavy Mm. cold uh smooth granite uh dildo um it's got like one g-spotty end and one end that's sort of like longer and more tapered and good for a-spot stuff is it the shape of the rave basically yeah it's also really similar to like the lalo ella Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for me, for my body, it works so much better in a more firm material like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really cool having a granite toy. Like I've been in this biz for like almost a decade and I've never owned a granite toy. So that was cool. Yeah, and then the, 
the other thing I want to shout out, there's a company that is trans-owned and very much worth supporting. They are called Glitter Tops BDSM Gear. And uh, a thing that they do that's really cool is they can make you custom paddles that have a lot of stuff in them. I mean, you can put, you know, flowers or beads or, you know, any basically small object that you can provide them with. They can put them in these like acrylic uh, paddles. And they reached out to me to ask if I wanted one. And I was thinking about it. I was like, what do I want? What do I want? And I eventually had them do the words good girl in Scrabble tiles, which is the best thing ever. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. It's in like blue and pink glitter. It looks amazing. Um, That company again is called Glitter Tops BDSM gear. And uh, I know Christmas is done now, but like if you need a gift for Valentine's Day, I mean, custom made impact implements, like that's that's a pretty damn good gift, I have to say. Yes, absolutely. What what are you feeling in terms of favorite toys in 2020? Honestly, I don't know that I tried much of anything new. I Mm -hmm. tried one of the Satisfier uh, suction toys, and it finally works for me. It's the same one you have. Do you remember which one it is? The Pro 2. It's kind of like a light coppery color. Yeah, Okay. And it's like, yeah, and it comes to like the point at the end. And it sort of looks like one of those weird um, ear thermometers at the doctor's office. Yes, and none yeah. of the buttons have any labels on them because I still don't <laughs> know how it works. I've shot so much porn in it and there are so many videos of me just being like, I don't, these fucking but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but it's the only section toy that I've gotten to work for me and I really enjoy it. Good. Um, other than that, I've been falling back on a lot of my, like, old favorites lately, honestly. I haven't been exploring much new stuff. Um, I've been more excited about looking at, like, new kink gear. Mm -hmm. Um, but mostly, (laughs) looking at, but not so much buying is the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So I haven't really explored that much new stuff this year. I think most of my exploration tends to happen at comms when I can, like, pick it up and whack myself with it and then take it home. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And, like, I definitely also mostly found myself falling back on old favorites this year, which Mm -hmm. makes sense in, like, a very stressful time. Like, you just want something that you know is going to do the job. So, like, my Rosslater is far and away my most used vibrator this year, which I've Mm -hmm. had for, like, I've had an oscillator in various forms for like eight years or something. Um, it is an old school favorite of mine, and uh, I brought it everywhere I went this year. And yeah, definitely a fave. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into it. What do you recall as some of the best sex you had this year? <laughs> Luckily, I can just list like the sex i had this week which is real convenient i think i just (laughs) subconsciously knew this episode was coming up and just uh made sure that it would not be a difficult decision i don't know um but that tickling scene i mentioned earlier was this week um and it was part of a much longer like extended scene that i had uh, right after Christmas to help me kind of relax from all of that stress of family things. Um, Ash and I were sitting around at home and we're like, I don't know. I don't like, 
it's kind of too late to do much, but I'm not ready for us to just be, like, watching TV and going to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. we want to do a little, like, something with our night. And we were, like, five minutes into a TV show, and I was, like, shot in the dark. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you have energy for rope? And I hadn't even decided if I had energy for rope, and they were getting the rope out of the bedroom. And they were, like, yeah, sure, no, don't, don't even, you don't even have to get up off the beanbag chair. It's fine. No, just legs straight. Come on, give me these. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but they tied me and, like, tickled and teased me and did a lot of, like, fun sensory stuff and a lot of edging because I wanted something, like, really long and drawn out and to stay in that very, very spacey, like, place for a while. And Mm -hmm. I got in a interesting version of rope that was hornier than I think I usually am in rope because I was getting, like, very, uh almost bimboification fuck toy kind of feelings yeah which is not normal for me but i was very (laughs) into it um and then was used in assorted ways while unable to escape um (laughs) and then there is a picture online because i promptly went the fuck to sleep and (laughs) apparently refused to get off the beadbag chair and go into the bed um (laughs) They, they got me to vaguely wake up and said, Daddy, it's bedtime. You got to get into bed. And I said, maybe, and rolled back over. So <laughs> That's how you know it was good sex. <laughs> exactly. I woke up the next morning in bed and was like, how did I get here? And they're like, John, it was, it was an adventure. Don't worry about it. Uh, we got you here. It's all that matters. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. It was so great. That's great. I'm happy for me, too, honestly. Good, good. What was some of your best sex of this year? Yeah, I mean, so one of the milestones I reached this year was me and Matt uh, had had sex over 500 times, which, Amazing. I mean, I, I haven't kept spreadsheets for the entirety of my sex life, so I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's the most times I've ever had sex with one person. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, you know, as someone who's kink, like one of my major kinks is like being known really well sexually, like someone knowing mm-hmm. what buttons to press and how to, you know, turn me on and get me off. Like that has been really, really nice to kind of, I don't want to use the word plateau because I feel like that has like a negative connotation as far as like growth stopping. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I mean. But like Matt has reached a point of being able to very consistently make me um, squirt, cry and be unable to move or speak for several minutes after sex yeah Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's very weird because it's at the level of like the best sex i ever had in previous relationships except it's like almost every time Mm -hmm. so it's like i i I had a really hard time thinking about like what was my best sex of the year because like when you're just like everyday normal ass sex is like the best sex you've had in your life. It's sort of like, I sound like I'm very bragging and I very am. <laughs> I don't know how to not sound braggy talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a good place to get to as someone who's had like so many shitty hookups where it was like, uh, did you come? No. And it was mostly because you didn't seem to know where my clit was or that it mattered, but don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely relate to that. And I feel like, Yeah, for me, honestly, the biggest difference in the, like, the sex that stands out for me this year is the sex Ash and I had when, I don't know, we weren't exhausted and when we felt like planning a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, all of our, like, special occasion sex, I'm like, ah, yes, that, that, that was 
excellent, fantastic. Anytime yeah. we like had enough effort to go acquire literally any accessory, I'm like, ah, that was fantastic, wonderful. And all the other times I'm like, no, it was great, fit. Like, but that's the stuff that kind of stands out for me. Otherwise, it's just all a blur of, I don't know, orgasms and greatness. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I wish for you for sure. Because I know that when we've talked about it before, like I've talked about how much I really enjoy sex in like established relationships for the aforementioned reasons. And like that had been not really something that you'd like had a lot of. And it was like a point of some like curiosity and like even sadness for you sometimes. And like I'm just really glad that you've got that, especially with someone who's like so on your level as far as perviness. Um, Mm Because I think you're like getting to explore like you know a lot of new stuff and it's nice yeah it is really nice to settle into that rapport and not really have anything that i feel like i could bring up that they would be like oh god like to be very comfortable in i mean especially talking to them talking to them about sexy things outside of sex but also Mm -hmm. to feel like we both have enough of a rapport that one of us can just like drop a sentence of a role play and the other one will be like yeah sure we'll play that game and we'll just pick it up and go with it and know what we were getting at and like we can kind of hint and like nudge the stories because we know our own pervy each other's perviness so well Mm -hmm. um and that's a really fun kind of rapport to have to someone with someone yeah that's great so as i mentioned i did go back and listen to last year's year-end episode and i wrote down the things that we said we wanted to do in the coming year (laughs) Um, Yeah. So two of the things you said is really sad because they were really kind of things that would have been extremely difficult or inadvisable to do in the year of Uh COVID-19. Two of the things you said were one of them uh, was go to more kink conferences. Mm -hmm. And another one was like build more community just in general, like Mm -hmm. more, you know, kinky friends and kinky acquaintances and and all that kind of thing. I'm wondering, like, did you, you know, people were throwing like Zoom orgies this year and shit. Like, did you get to do anything approaching this stuff? So I did not go to any Zoom orgies, although I get invited. Like, I have one that I've gotten email invites to quite regularly, and I have considered it, but, like, also it starts at midnight and I'm still an old man. Um, That... Eleven. All of the orgies are still too late for me, even when they happen in my own house. The Beck story. I feel that. Um, <laughs> so I didn't do any of that. I have built up like a little bit more community, uh, especially with trans sex workers um, and other trans guys doing sex work on Twitter. Uh, I've like built up more connections and spoken to more people there. Um, and I did, so obviously I've mentioned I moved to Philadelphia this year, which while like hasn't given me many opportunities to, you know, go out and build community right now, um, Mm -hmm. has brought me closer to a lot of people who are already in my community or tangentially connected to me. Um, I have a lot of friends here already and I have a lot of people I'm close to in the Baltimore area. So, which is now not particularly far from me. It's like a two hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm getting settled and um, I am much more well set up both 
like structurally in the place that I am, uh, owning the space that I have and also emotionally. Cause I've done a lot of work on my help on myself this year. Cause the fuck else was I going to do with my time? <laughs> um, so I am in a much better place to have and build up those relationships. And a lot of the work I've done was on my own relationship to relationships and if you gave me longer, I would have come up with a better way to say that, but... <laughs> That's uh, fine. Yeah, uh, and, and my own attachment issues and all of that is a lot of work I've done this year. Uh, so while last year I really wanted to be building up more community, I do think coming into 2021, I'm much better prepared to do that and mm-hmm. much more comfortable with <sighs> relaxing and, and time and um patience which i was way more prone to overloading both my schedule and myself and not being able to show up for people mm-hmm. uh, when it was possible to do those things then the universe yeah. took them away <laughs> now i'm healthier or some shit i guess <laughs> that's that's really good I'm, I'm really proud of you uh speaking of working on yourself another thing you mentioned last year was that uh you had been really like dissociating during sex a lot of the time Mm. and like particularly in the wake of like getting your top surgery you wanted to work on like reconnecting with your body and being more comfortable like being in your body during sex or during masturbation how did you do on that quite good actually i didn't remember i said that i mean i disassociated a fuck ton this year but not (laughs) during sex so look Mm. at me go (laughs) (laughs) One step at a time. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I was living in a very small space, uh, a nine by 11 room for eh, 20 to 21 hours out of every day. Um, so staying in my body was sometimes a struggle. Um, mm. However, I did also get more comfortable being in my body in silence and in boredom and in um a lack of chaos and a lack of rushing um in a way that did make me more connected and conscious of what is happening in my body i'm a lot better able to um both when i'm having sex and just in life uh reflect on notice a thing in my body and go oh i'm tense in you know oh that area well that means i'm stressed about this thing or oh, wow, my skin is doing that weird uh, thing that it does where it feels all really tingly and uncomfortable. Ah, right, that is a stress response from this other thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm much better at noticing things in my body and staying in it than I was last year. And that's definitely true in sex. Also, I'm fucking trans people almost exclusively this year, which super helps. <laughs> that's great. That's really great. Um, and the last thing that you had listed was that you were interested in exploring submission more and you identified like submission specifically versus bottoming um mm. and you listed maybe like servicey feelings as one potential manifestation of that you know desire for submission mm-hmm. uh how did that go for you i do a lot of service topping and mm-hmm. i do a lot of bottoming and have explored some subby feelings um but not necessarily, I don't think, in the way uh, that I was describing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, b- 
but that is because that kind of subby feeling is not a thing that exists in this relationship, and I'm not doing all that much else right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is certainly a thing I would explore more of. Um, And I think the the kind of subbiness I'm describing is... um, not a feeling I would have in a particularly switchy relationship, although rewind a few minutes and you'll hear me being surprised by this <laughs> before, so, you know, I could be again. Yeah. Um, But it is a, like, and it is also a more formal kind of submission mm-hmm. than I play with on either side of the slash with Ash. We're much more, like, silly and giggly, Um, and I'm more curious about uh, our... As I remember it, I was talking about a more formal kind of submission and probably um, like a less switchy dynamic and probably more isolated scenes with like stricter rules. And that's not a thing I've explored, but it is definitely a thing that I will continue to be interested in when cruising is on the table again. Cool. Yeah. What did you list? Yeah, so I was surprised uh, when I listened back that one of the things I said was I wanted to submit my book, which really struck me as kind of a cop out. Um, Because like the book was about sex and kink. But I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a professional goal, not a sexual goal. And I think that what that speaks to is like, I was really starting to think about some like really old trauma stuff that was affecting Mm. my overall psychology and also specifically my psychology and relationships and sex. Um, and hadn't really named it as trauma at that point or like as abuse I had survived. Um, and this year I did a lot of work on that. I started uh, having phone appointments with a trauma-focused, sex-positive, kink-positive, queer-positive uh, therapist. So I worked on a lot of that stuff. And I don't think now that I would say like finish my book as a sex goal. <laughs> uh, I do but have, like, like you did though. I did. It's true. I did actually meet that goal. And the publisher is like maybe offering me another, they've provisionally offered me another book deal, which I will be able to talk about once they can, you know, officially confirm that that's definitely been offered. Um, so that's exciting. Like, yeah, I mean, I met the fantastic, really <laughs> impressive professional goal, but it was a shit goal is the thing. So doesn't matter. Thank you. You're, you're, you're probably right that I'm I'm being a little too self-critical. Uh, I just think, you know, this isn't a literary podcast. Oh, no, like... I agree. It, was, it did not fit the brief, but it was a goal, and you did yeah. accomplish something really impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and then the other thing I had said was I wanted to learn to have an orgasm in a new way. And um, actually, one of the things that was interesting that happened to me this year was, like, there would definitely be times when I felt almost stone in the traditional sense of, like, stone but stone femme of, mm. like, not wanting to receive any genital touch. Like, it, like my genitals literally felt like stone at certain points. Like, it was just, like, mm. there was no feeling or desire there, but there could still be desire to do things to partners. Mm. Um, and I did like learn to make my partner orgasm in new ways. So like I sort of achieved this goal. Um, Yeah. And I'm definitely interested in doing that more in the future because I actually think it's at this point kind of more interesting to me to make my partner come in new ways than to learn to come in new ways myself. Mm -hmm. Cause like the latter can feel kind of high pressure. Like I get too pressured in my head about it. Yeah. Whereas usually when I've learned a new way to make Matt come, it was like not something I was, you know, particularly trying to do. It just sort of happened. And that is definitely more fun and less stressful. 
So last thing before we wrap up is what are your goals for 2021 in terms of sex, kink, and relationships? Well, I mean, God knows what 2021 has in store. Right. Um, But as soon as it is safe and doable, uh, attending conferences and such is definitely on the list. Mm -hmm. Um. Just, again, not necessarily more, honestly, just any. Um, I miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, not to crib entirely from last year's list, but I'm going to keep Build Community on there, but tweak it a little bit um, in that uh, I want to work on... Um, connection in the way I was talking about a little bit earlier and showing the fuck up for the relationships and the connections in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and my, you know, work on my fear of vulnerability and read a fuck ton more Brene Brown and all that shit. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Pretend it's working. Um, (laughs) um, and to, yeah, to, to be better able to, uh, show the fuck up for the relationships and the people in my life. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other, like, big sexual goals. But for me, a lot of what this year has been is uh, been around feeling comfortable with things being smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Uh, and just deeper and more connective. So I, w- I want to continue down that path um, and continue to explore that and see where that gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to have more, like, seriously thought out and, like, kind of complicated scenes. Um, mm-hmm. Not just, like, because a huge chunk of the sex I have could be considered scenes. Um but things with, you know, intricate role play stories or, um, you know, like really neat intricate bondage and things like that. And of course, I want to continue to film things because I am enjoying exploring that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, along similar lines, one of the things I was thinking about this year, I wasn't really missing like sex or dates with people other than my partner. But one thing I was missing was kind of the flirty energy of like being at a party with a bunch of friends and playing like truth or dare or spin the bottle mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. And obviously that was not really feasible during COVID. I'm sure we could have mm-hmm. arranged some kind of truth or dare over Zoom situation. But to me, that just doesn't have the same energy Mm -hmm. um so that's definitely something i would like to do and another thing on my mind is i would really like to pose for more sexy pictures because Mm. um you know we went through a lot this year in terms of stress and also in terms of potential like body fluctuations like i definitely went through periods of not feeling too great about my body including currently but i did notice that whenever i dressed up and did my makeup and you know like put on false lashes and posed for Mm -hmm. pictures and like lingerie or whatever that looking at those pictures were some of the best moments of like body positivity in my year Mm. Which actually, by the way, folks, if you are uh, interested in either chastity or lingerie or both, I put up a photo set on my website. It's at girlyjuice.net slash shop. 
And it is um, me in beautiful lingerie that my partner bought for me as a fin-dom task. And I'm, like, fucking with them in their chastity cage. There's, like, I'm, like, kissing their cage and, like, using a magic wand on it and putting it between my tits and stuff. And it's just – it's a very saucy photo set. And uh, it's it's 40 photos for 50 bucks, y'all. That's a good price. So uh, Mm -hmm. I will link that in the show notes if you're interested in that. But I definitely want to do more of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think videos and cam shows are not really my best medium. I get too anxious. But there's something about photos that feels better to me because I can sort of like curate, you know, after the fact, which ones I want to delete and which ones I want to keep and and just see, you know, how hot I actually am, which is Mm -hmm. nice. I've, yeah, I've really been enjoying doing more photo stuff and I've been enjoying exploring my creativity with video work and I want to do a lot more of that be able to like yeah I can set up a camera and get a good angle and like film my really hot sex and I have done that a great many times um but I enjoy the videos where I get to like I don't know really get creative and tell a story and and play around with editing and have like lots of cuts and angles and things and I want to do more of that cool more porn 2021. Yes. Thank you all so much for joining us uh, for this episode and also for this year. Uh, I hope that we were able to give you some comfort or solace or laughs or entertainment or escapism uh, during this hell year. Um, we've received some messages from listeners telling us that, and it makes me happy every time. Uh, so send us more fan letters. <laughs> that's, that's the moral of the story. Um no, but seriously, like, I, I really hope that you got through this year okay. Um, if hard stuff happened to you, I'm sorry. And I really hope that it gets better. And uh, I'm really excited to podcast more for y'all in the new year. Um, I've been Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net. And you can click the shop button at the top of that page to see me in lingerie, fucking with my partner while they're in chastity. Um, I also write a weekly newsletter at katesloan.substack.com. The other day I was writing about what I think the sexiest Christmas song is, which I, I'm i 99% sure that you will not have heard of it. Um, and I am on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where is your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find my writing and all the information about my workshops at bextalksex.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at bextalksex. I'm also naked on the internet as Billy Lore. So that's on Twitter at Billy Lore. And you can find all the rest of my links to my porn there. Together with the Dildorks, we're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can also find us by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, rate and review to bring us up in the charts and make us even easier for other perverts to find. If you want to support us with your dollars, you can go to patreon.com slash the Dildorks to throw some money at us and help us keep doing what we're doing. Help me get that spanking bench I was talking about a little earlier. <laughs> For more of the aforementioned porn, you get how this works. <laughs> Thank you so much to Protodome for the use of his song, I Want You in My Bedroom, as our theme song. He is at protodome.bandcamp.com if you want to check out more of his excellent music. Thank you also to Amy, who did our logo. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter, and her art is very wonderful. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy dorky life. Bye. Bye.
and Happy New Year!